Is the church different from God's kingdom? That's the question we're discussing today on the Hear the Story presented by The Gospel Project. Thanks for joining us for today's episode of The Hear of the Story, a podcast to help you explore the big story and big truths of Scripture. I'm Brian DeBozik, and with me, as always, is Aaron Armstrong. Aaron, today we're talking about the church and the kingdom, uh, two concepts that I think a lot of people, I've struggled with it before, uh, still to a degree, kind of think are synonyms. They're the same thing, aren't they? But they're really not, as we're going to kind of explore yeah, yeah, they are as we're going to as we're going to hear they are very closely connected, but they are different from one another. They're not identical. So, uh, what I'm going to do now is is I'll just uh, I'll just with that kick us off right into our our description of this with our usual reminder that there is a video available for that is the big idea explainer of this doctrine. Uh, you can see that on gospelproject.com, and um, you can share that with share that with your friends. Do whatever you need to do with that. Um, and this is kind of the extended commentary on that. So here we go. Uh, when we're think when we're talking about the church and the kingdom, we need to understand that the church and the kingdom of God are closely related, though not identical. When the Bible speaks of the kingdom of God, it's referring to the reign of God in the world. The church is the people of God who live under his loving rule now, anticipating the full manifestation of God's kingdom in the future. The church's mission is to witness to God's kingdom, proclaiming the message of salvation through Christ and demonstrating the power of the gospel through good works so that others may be brought to live under God's reign. So, let's let's boil that down to a sentence if we can and understanding of course all caveats in there <laughs> that we may need now or in the future so we're not even going to state them all so it's an unspoken like many prayers but um, <laughs> um but what uh god's kingdom is god's rule over creation and part of which includes the church who are the people under his rule yeah, so they're not the same, and we're going to talk about this again in a couple of minutes, why it's important for us to distinguish them. Um, if we don't, if we if we have an understanding or if we teach, even worse so, that the church and the kingdom are the exact same thing, we're going to miss a big part of what God is doing, and uh, the church is critically important, as we know, uh, but it's not everything, and so we'll talk about that in a, in a couple of minutes, but... Let's first look at a few Bible passages where we see these concepts. Now, this one's a little bit different. Usually when we look at some passages, it's speaking more directly to a doctrine. It's, you know, yeah. the, the essential doctrine will make some, some claims of, of truth, and these passages are where we're supporting that. These passages are a little bit different. These are just kind of get on our radar that there is a kingdom and that there is a church. And yeah, they really don't part. So. These aren't really going to parse the two as we need to talk about afterwards. So, um, again, we, we when are we going to get the caveat alert warning music playing in the background of our episodes? I, you know, I'm working with our people on that. Uh, it is it's coming. OK, because it would be going off right there for a second oh, caveat absolutely. in like 30 seconds after yours. Absolutely. We do need we need a stinger of some kind. Yes. That is is just about the caveats. There you go. So, um, 
So let's let's talk about let's talk about where we see these two concepts in Scripture. Um, one of the things to again to your point, Brian, Scripture leaves this idea of God's kingdom more or less assumed yeah. that we know what it's talking about. And so, but, and so because of that, what you see is you see a lot of uh, synonymous language related to the kingdom as well. So um, in Matthew's gospel, for example, um, this is Matthew 4, 17, which says, uh, from then on, Jesus began to preach, repent because the kingdom of heaven has come near. Now that's one of those examples of, of synonymous language that I just talked about, because in other places, you're going to see the kingdom of God. Um, you do see the kingdom of heaven. You also, um, in at least one location, see uh, the kingdom of Christ yeah. appear as well. And so those are those are just some of those elements of language. This is kind of picking up on the the theocratic worldview of the Old Testament, where Israel was the physical manifestation of God's kingdom in the world pointing to this greater kingdom to come. Yeah. But um but not the fulfillment of it. Which um Yeah, and this is I, so this is the beginning of Jesus' ministry and yeah. this is I mean this is basically the theme if you will of what his message was throughout his ministry mm-hmm. and it echoes what John had been proclaiming very similar words uh, the kingdom of God is at hand or has come near. And I think, you know, as you're pointing out rightly, what's important is the arrival of the kingdom, a new level of the kingdom, because God has always reigned. In part, God's kingdom is is eternal. He always reigns. He always has, always will. Mm -hmm. But this is a a new level of fullness of returning to when he will reign perfectly again. And notice it's come near. It has not come in full, Jesus does not declare. So that's yes. an important part too. Yeah. So another passage is John 18, 33 through 37. And so the big idea of this is this. This is um, Jesus interacting with Pilate, the you know, the Roman governor. Um, he is saying, and so basically the big idea here is um, how how Jesus' kingdom is not an earthly kingdom. And so this is what it says. Then Pilate went back into the headquarters, summoned Jesus, and said to him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Are you asking this on your own, or have others told you about me? I'm not a Jew, am I? Pilate replied. Your own nation and the chief priests handed you over to me. What have you done? My kingdom is not of this world, said Jesus. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight so that I wouldn't be, stand, wouldn't, wouldn't be handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not from here. So you are a king then, Pilate asked. You say that I'm a king, Jesus replied. I was born for this, and I have come into the world for this, to testify to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. So that is, again, one of those really, really key and important statements that is in there um, that is pointing to Jesus' identity, his mission, and to the nature of his kingdom in this world. Yeah, but not of the world. And that, Correct. Yeah, that's that's that important thing. That and that speaks to the Jewish imagination of that time, where they were picturing a Messiah, a King who would come and 
and establish a worldly kingdom, an earthly kingdom. Even, even the disciples seem to be struggling with that still in the beginning of Acts when they ask Jesus that very question is now, are you going to establish your kingdom now? And he has to correct them and say, no, no, my kingdom is not a, of a worldly kingdom. It, it's going to be a future kingdom, a bigger kingdom, a better kingdom than that. So this idea of while God's kingdom does involve the world, of course, it involves creation, it is not uh, constrained to creation. It is not uh, creation first. It's beyond that. Yeah. All right. What else do we have? Uh, so a third passage that we have is Revelation eleven fifteen, which um, is again, another one of these ones that's ta- that's giving this idea of uh, the anticipatory reality of the kingdom at this moment. Um, so the kingdom is not yet. And this is, so this is what it says. The seventh angel blew his trumpet and there were loud voices in heaven saying, the kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ and he will reign forever and ever. We also get in this, we also get in this, just in this verse, we get who the king is, yep. Jesus, and we also get how long his reign is going to be eternally. Yeah. So those are, those are a couple, another couple of big concepts that are there. So we see here that, that the progression of uh, the fullness of the kingdom hits, it picks up it tremendously, of course, when Jesus comes, he came to point toward the kingdom, to advance the coming of the kingdom, but not bring it in fullness in his first coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we see his kingdom, the nature of it is, is not a worldly kingdom. It's beyond that. But then we see in Revelation, when Jesus returns, that's when the kingdom will be consummated in full. Okay. Right. So let me throw out one, just one passage dealing with the church. And again, there are many more passages, mm-hmm. especially in the epistles. Now, we know that Jesus only spoke of the church, I think twice it is. Um, but the epistles speak to a great deal about the church. And and I just selected Ephesians mm-hmm. 2. There are many different ones that we could have chosen. Yeah. Uh, I just like the picture that this one portrays. And, and this is what we read in Ephesians 2, verses 19 through 22. So then you are no longer foreigners and strangers. And that kind of connotes this worldly kingdom. So mm-hmm. that's kind of why I chose this one but fellow citizens with the saints and members of God's household. So there we see that we are citizens of a different kingdom, God's kingdom. Mm -hmm. Uh, We are saints. We're called out. We're separated from the world, and we're members of God's household. We're part of his family. So it's just a great uh, word picture there of of the beauty of of what it means to be part of the church. And then he continues that, that this household is built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, with Christ Jesus himself as the cornerstone. In him, the whole building being put together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him, you are also being built together for God's dwelling in the Spirit. So there in the end, we get this understanding of of the the building, the progressive nature that the apostles laid the foundation with Jesus being the cornerstone, of course. And then we today, the believers today in the church today, we are cinder blocks somewhere up higher on the building as it continues to build and grow until Christ returns. So mm-hmm. I, I think Ephesians 2, 19 through 22 is just a helpful kind of summary, big view of what the church is. is. Yeah. And I mean, you could also look at Second um, Corinthians 5 when, um, I believe it's Second Corinthians 5, when Paul is talking about um, God's people as ambassadors. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that we've been given this ministry of reconciliation. And that really speaks to Our this role. idea of 
um, what we're called to do. Remember, in our description, we talked about how um, that our mission as God's people, as the church, is to bear witness to the kingdom. Yeah. We, we, and so our kingdom is not at that's war. An yeah, our kingdom is not at war with the world's kingdoms, although a lot of Christians mm-hmm. prefer that posture. Ours is we are sent into it to appeal and draw people to join our kingdom uh, or God's kingdom, I should say, not ours. And that means that we're going to use different tactics. Yes. Yeah. We should be using different tactics. Yes. All right. So, so this kind of, now that we see these in scripture, and again, I I hope our listeners are not shocked to know that kingdom and church are in scripture. Uh, But now that we see that. I mean, if you're shocked, sorry. So Canadian of you. Let's talk about any cautions with understanding this this doctrine. Uh, I, I'll go first, um, and and I'll sp- kind of summarize. And I think both cautions we kind of hit on already, but just to kind of unpack them a little bit more. The the first caution is that the church is an important part of God's kingdom. I, I don't want anybody to think that we're minimizing a church. We are not. It is an important part of the kingdom, but it's not all of it. God reigns over all creation partly through the church, but also he does directly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so right now we can think of this, that God solemnly reigns apart from the church in certain ways. It is not restricted to the church. So if we thought the church and kingdom were synonyms, then it's only through the church that God reigns over creation. And that's not the case. Uh, he, he controls the rain to fall apart from the church. So he reigns over his creation now in both ways. And I think it's helpful if, if it's still, if anybody's listening, thinking I'm still, it still seems muddy, this connection between the church and the kingdom. I think it's helpful to think of before and after the church. Mm-hmm. So the church has not always existed. And technically the church will stop. The church age stops when Christ returns. Um, now the church, we in the church, the body, we will continue going. I'm not saying that we stop, yeah. but, but this organization of the church, we changed it will change in them because we're going to be joined by the Old Testament saints who are not part of the church. Mm-hmm. The church began at Pentecost. Was God reigning before Pentecost? Was the kingdom real before? Of course it was. Um, and then again, when Christ returns, Christ will continue to reign perfectly. God will reign after the church age itself. So if we confused church and kingdom and made them one, then we are basically saying that God has not reigned before the church and will not reign after the church. Right. Which then takes God out of the seat of authority. Yes. Yes. So we don't mean that. I, don't, I would think anybody would mean that. But if we do confuse these, that's the danger. We, we've got to understand the church is a really important part of God's plans and the way he reigns uh, again, we as a church, we should be living in a way that reflects what kingdom living looks like. We should reflect this to the world and and uh, draw people to God through that. So God does reign in some way. He uses the church and the spirit to stem evil in the world to a degree. So he mm-hmm. uses the church, but he's not exclusively using the church as he reigns sovereignly. Yeah, that's right. And that really leads into the second the second point that we would mention which is that the church is its intention i said this i said this a few minutes ago our our purpose is to draw attention really ultimately to the kingdom itself we're called to invite people in and so it's that it's that role of ambassadors witnesses 
Um, you know, that's that's the Great Commission, basically, is all tied into this. So we want people to know Jesus, and we want people to be part of this kingdom. Um, the kingdom is the consummation of all the things that we're that God has promised and all the things that we are waiting to see. Um, we need to understand that that Christ's reign in the world is um, and I want to be careful using this this kind of word, um, you know, imperfect right now. Maybe maybe another way to say is 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 incomplete. Um, that might be that might be a better way to say it or a safer way to say it. Um, now understand whether wh- whatever kind of language you want to use. Um, a lot of theologians use this language of already, not yet. That mm-hmm. there's there's a sense in which things are happening right now and are true right now, but they will be uh, more true and fulfilled and perfect and complete later at Christ's return. So there's this balance that's going yeah. on all the time. Um, but we have to understand that 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 already that already that is is lacking in some way isn't because of any sort of deficiency on the part of Jesus. Jesus is perfect. Jesus is God. He he can't not be perfect. Um, he is already in his resurrected, glorified state. We're waiting for that right now. Um, the reason that this, this already is still not yet is because sin still exists. And ultimately what that means is that the mission that we have been called to has not yet been fulfilled. The mission is not done until un, un, until until God says it's done. Yeah. And so as long as we exist, that means that there are people that need to know and hear Jesus, hear the truth about Jesus, who need to be invited in, and drawn into the kingdom through words, Words are essential in that, yes. but we also bear witness to the truth through our good works. Um, and yeah. so the so ultimately, that's going to continue until the day Christ returns when he says, done. We've hit we've hit the what whatever it is that is kind of the benchmark for him, because we don't know what that is either, <laughs> really. Um but when whenever that happens, when he comes back, that's when the kingdom will be consummated, when it will be f- um, re- fully realized. And when that happens, all people who are believers, all believers, so whatever, age, like all throughout all the ages of history, um, Old Testament believers, New Testament believers, uh, uh, believers, church age believers, um, right up to the last person who says, I love you, Jesus. Um, all of them will be made new, but not just them. All of creation will be made new as well. Yeah. And God will come and dwell with his people in this renewed, restored creation forever. And, I, and that's what we get to look yeah. forward to. And I think that's, that's why this is an important, is it wrong to draw attention to the church and to, uh, to, uh, to share the beauty of the church, the design of the church. Not at all, of course. We ought to be doing that. It's a good thing for us to be 
And this assumes, of course, that we are striving to live out the church as we should, loving one another, encouraging one another, supporting and so forth. So it it is totally proper for us to say, look, here, come to Christ, trust in Christ and look at the family you become part of. Isn't this wonderful? However, I think there's even a better, in addition to that, to, to, to share about the kingdom and say, but even the church now, we still are going to get it wrong at times. Mm-hmm. And even when we get it right, we still live in a world that is wrong and have to deal with certain things that God never designed or intended. But the kingdom, when Christ returns and consummates the kingdom in full and reigns perfectly, fully, again, whatever word, where's our caveat alert warning siren going off, <laughs> um, whatever word you want to use, however you want to think about this. Not because of deficiencies of his part, because of of his patience to allow us uh, time to repent, other people time to repent and come to him. When Christ returns, though, and establishes the kingdom in full and sin is done away with, death is put to death and so forth, that's when we, God's people, along with the saints as you're talking about, will live in a perfect environment, in a perfect creation, and experience fully what Christ intends. So there's another mm-hmm. level of beauty, of hope, when we, when we talk about the kingdom, which is why I believe Jesus talked about the kingdom so much in his earthly ministry, the, the ultimate, where it's our final destination, what's it all supposed to be like. As good as the church is now, it's not even as good as what things will be like in eternity. So I hope that makes sense to our listeners as we talk through that, and I hope our caveat warnings were sufficient. Well, if not, um, again, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So let's talk about what difference uh, this doctrine should make. Uh, Mm -hmm. um, I'll go first. This one should give us hope in God's perfect rule that's coming that we just talked about. Um, Hope. When we think about the kingdom, it it should saturate us with, with hope. It should be positive. It should be... This is an encouragement. Right now, many people are going through difficult times. As we record this, we're still... Many people are shut down because of of COVID. Things are opening up more, but they're still wonky. Uh, people have been sick and so forth. And I mean, there's just uh, there's a lot of difficulties going on. And when we think about the kingdom, though, it is a doctrine that should fill us with nothing but hope and encouragement as we long for the day when everything will be made new and when we experience life as it should, as we should in every way. So. This is an incredibly encouraging doctrine for me. How about you? What, what do you think the difference? Well, I think one of the other things that it does is, is it really clarifies our mission. And we're going to talk about the mission of the church um, in the future um, as well. But it, but it is so closely connected to both our understanding of the church and the kingdom that, um, that it bears talking about here. And we've done this uh, a couple of times already. So this is just the really the punctuation point on that conversation uh we are here to point to jesus as better than everything period because he is better than everything he's better than the best things that we experience in this life um so if you want to live your best life now i mean great but you're not going to have your best life now without jesus and even then, your best life now 
is about the worst that it's going to get for yeah. And your best life now is the one given totally over to Jesus. It's the one that you lose. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. You, 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 you save your life when you lose it. Ironically (laughs) or paradoxically. Um, let's see. That's a better word. Paradoxically. So let's not use ironic incorrectly. Um, we don't <laughs> yeah. need to be Al- we don't need to be Alanis Morissette. Exactly. I was just thinking about that. That's right. That's right. So, no, that's not irony. Nope. Nope. That that's one's just not a either. String of, nope. That's just a string of mess. <laughs> but you got anyway, the angst working for you. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Um, oh, us nineties, us nineties kids. Well, I'm an eighties um, kid that just hung over into the nineties. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> anyway, what we need to know is is that ultimately Christ's perfect reign is what is best for us. This is what we're talking about. And so what we want to do is is because we know this is true, we want to uh, we want to seek to understand that with greater depth and greater intensity every day until the day he returns. Um, and while we do, we want to cast a vision for this for the world to to um to show them what this kind of um what this better vision of and this perf of life under his perfect reign can look like as we seek to invite them in to join us that's a good place to end let's let's end on that mission so thanks for the conversation aaron i i appreciate it as always and uh, i want to thank you for listening to today's episode of this podcast if you have enjoyed it Please do leave a sincere five-star rating and review on Apple Podcast or whatever platform you use to listen to the show. And for more resources to help you focus your ministry on the gospel, please visit gospelproject.com.